The following is a lesson in a series on life, liberty, and property brought to you by Republic Keepers and is presented and discussed by the Attorney General of the Republic State of Texas, Chaplain Raymond. This lesson discusses a book by the same name, Life, Liberty, and Property, written by Charles A. Wiseman, of which can be purchased at his website, seek-info.com, at amazon.com, or small bookstores such as Brave New Books in Austin, Texas. The ISBN number for this book is 0-966-8921-9-4. Life, Liberty, and Property is an educational series for sovereign souls on the dry land, and the information about fundamental law and the unwritten constitution cannot be utilized by those individuals that are domiciled in the District of Columbia. To understand your domicile status, please review the two constitutions, two domiciles document on republickeepers.com. We hope you enjoy this lesson on life, liberty, and property. All right. This, we covered the political aspects of life, liberty, and property. And this is the religious aspect. Now, this is not an attempt to profess or teach any one religion, but it is an, a real significant piece of information. The existence and protection of the rights of life, liberty, and property should not only be considered from a political, legal, and historical perspective, but a religious one as well. There is nothing more obvious in viewing the history of nations that every nation has some manner of religious creed which forms a framework on which hangs its laws, form of government, jurisprudence, and institutions. The religion of the land has a profound impact on the culture, social order, individual rights, and prosperity of a nation. It truly and necessarily is a part of the law of the land. We are currently compelled to ask, how is it that so much corruption unlawfulness, evil acts, and government encroachment upon individual rights came about in the land. A look back in history shows similar events that have been produced by similar causes, and one of the main ones relates to the religion of the people. The old common law, along with the rights of life, liberty, and property, have eroded away because the religion of the people has eroded away. In America and other white nations, Christianity was established as a major pillar in the support of society, justice, and government. The people are, in effect, the source of that pillar, and if the people be debauched, so goes society and government. Many of the founders of American independence have stated that the people will be secure in their liberties until they themselves become corrupt and lose their sense of virtue and religion. Now, a theological war against liberty. As tyranny, oppression, and usurpation became become more commonplace in America and throughout the world, 
one begins to see a war being silently yet diligently waged against God, the Bible, and Christianity. Like the political war, the religious war is waged by our enemy with the aims of destroying the protections that guard the rights of life, liberty, and property. As Samuel Adams stated in 1776, quote, I fully agree in opinion with the celebrated author that freedom or slavery will prevail in a country according as the dispositions and manners of the people render them fit for one or the other. And I have long been convinced that our enemies have made it an object to eradicate from the minds of the people a general sense of true religion and virtue in hopes thereby the more easily to carry their point of enslaving them, unquote. Note that Samuel Adams said, as opposed to false religion or that which is not of God. We have more churches, preachers, and religious programs than ever before, and yet slavery to government and tyranny continue unabated in the land. It is not the quantity, but the quality of religion that makes the difference in matters of religion. We have experienced a change in our religion by designing and ungodly people who have crept into or are midst Jude 4. It does not take long to understand the nature of this new or transformed religion. It is a religion containing concepts and doctrine, doctrines which appeal to the human heart and the base nature of men. It still has any of the forms and words of Christianity, but its substance has been either replaced or covered up by humanism. We thus see concepts of humanism and socialism being preached in the churches of the land. This humanistic message, which is preached in the various denominations, is aided by the spiritualizing of things or placing events in the heavenly realm. Thus, the kingdom of God is never something on earth, but something that we look forward to in heaven only. God, Christ said to take up a spiritual sword only. Jesus is coming soon to rapture, rapture you away from the burdens of this physical world and take you to heaven. They say we are not to wrestle against flesh and blood, a directive which the apostle never gave. These non-biblical concepts are popular as they appeal to human nature. The enemy in our midst knows this and promote, thus promotes this brand of religion. This religion places our hopes in some heavenly existence, which allows the concerns for the rights of life, liberty, and property in the physical realm to be set aside or surrendered with little resistance. This lack of concern for the physical realm is a theological concept which is not to be found in the Bible. 
In fact, Jesus placed nearly all emphasis on our physical existence and very little on the heavenly. The reason is obvious. God has been in the physical world in which to live, and every law and directive he gave has to do with this physical realm. The importance of the rights of life, liberty, and property, which are aspects of this physical world, are found throughout the Bible. Let us highlight some instances. We go through these lists. You shall not murder. Leviticus 20.13 You shall not mange or injure. Exodus 21, verse 22, Leviticus 24.19 Quarantine laws for contagious diseases. Leviticus 13.5 An eye for an eye. Exodus 21.24 and Leviticus 24.20 Food laws to promote health. Leviticus 11, Deuteronomy 14. Prohibition against kidnapping, Exodus 21.16. Laws regulating bondage and servitude, Deuteronomy 24.14. The Jubilee to proclaim liberty throughout the land, Leviticus 25.10. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, 2 Corinthians 3.17. The Law of God. The perfect law of liberty, James 1.25. Property, you shall not steal, Exodus 20.15. You shall not covet your neighbor's goods, Deuteronomy 5.21. The workman is worthy of his wages, Matthew 10.10. You shall not exact earth usury on any loan, Exodus 22.25. Laws of inheritance of property, Numbers 27. You shall keep just weights and measures, Leviticus 19.36. The release of debts after six years, Deuteronomy 15.1 and 2. If you find someone's ox wandering, you shall return it to him, Exodus 23.4. You shall not defraud one another. Mark 10.19 Do not remove established landmarks. Deuteronomy 19.14 Restitution to be given for damage or theft of land, crops, animals, or other property. Leviticus 24.18 and Exodus 22.1 All of these principles and laws and many others in the Bible all recognize and protect the life, liberty, and property that you do. God did not give us any directives about living in heaven or in the resurrection because that is not the state we live in. Nor can we do anything about these matters. But something can be done about physical salvation. The mode of salvation from persecution from a plague or from enslavement are matters the Bible deals with. God was clearly concerned about our well-being in this physical life, and this is what ministers should be concerned with as well. All of history tells us that the type of religion a people have will determine 
the manner of law and government they have, and in what measure a people will have individual rights of life, liberty, and property. Took a drink of water. The theological background of the colonists that put King George in his place was greatly aided by the ministers of the time. In the book, They Preached Liberty, we find many excerpts from colonial ministers showing the heavy emphasis, emphasis they placed on the rights of life, liberty, and property. They were concerned about rights and living in this physical world, as does the Word of God. As the minister Charles Turner said in an election sermon in 1773, quote, The scriptures cannot be rightfully expounded without explaining them in a manner friendly to the cause of freedom, unquote. This type had long been a part of Western civilization and the common law. A thousand years. A theology that was favorable to life, liberty, and property. Thus, the people of the 1700s knew of the importance of such rights in this physical world and of securing them for the future. The enemy also knows the importance of this physical realm and their chief aim is to have control over it. In fact, they are consumed by it that it forms the basis of their religion called materialism. Those who believe in it are concerned only with the physical, denying God and the spiritual. In essence, there is no God, only matter. This forms the foundation of socialism, communism, evolutionism, Talmudism, and humanism. These are not the ways of God, but the ways of his enemies. It is their materialistic belief or religion which supports and drives these concepts. The adherents of materialism are so enthralled with the physical realm that all of it must be under their control, and not anyone else. This concept is clearly found in the Communist Manifesto, which requires the abolition of property, the abolition of the right of inheritance of property, all money in their centralized control, control over labor, industry, manufacturing, agriculture, control over all means of travel, which is directly related to liberty and communication, control over family and education. We thus see that the followers of the religion of materialism are at war with the religion from the Bible. It is these people who have crept into our midst and have devised and implemented various schemes and modes of control over our life, liberty, and property. This includes social security, zoning, land use tax, 
licensing the exercise of rights, centralized banks and usury, monopolies, a biased media, and a host of other control mechanisms. The true religion of the law of God would, allow, would not allow these things to prevail in the land. Thus, the enemy will promote ministers who preach their religion and smear and attack those who preach the perfect law of liberty. Thus, a theology has formed which supports the action of the enemy in plundering our life, liberty, and property. Current church doctrines have risen which have the effect of abandoning all importance of life, liberty, and property in the here and now and especially in the future. That is why it is now common to hear preachers tell us of the rapture, the benefits of heaven, and how this is the hope we should look forward to. The theology behind this and other false doctrines the materialists want us to listen to and believe. All of these false doctrines place no future hope in a physical life on earth and thus allow a deprivation of life, liberty, and property. This is because our hope is in something else, something heavenly. Actually, most of the time the, speech, the Bible speaks of hope, it is in regards to some tangible thing. David spoke much of hope in God, but it was always for some physical protection, blessing, or betterment. But when the false preachers say our only hope is in Jesus coming to rapture us away, they are actually saying that there is no hope in overcoming evil. There is no hope in doing God's will on earth. There is no hope in having our God-given rights. There is no hope for us to better our lives or society. We have to wait for Jesus. Basically, there is no hope under this religion of having rights of life, liberty, and property, all of which is essential for us to administer God's kingdom or will on earth. Since there is no hope on earth, we are in effect better off dead. And it is true, for if you don't have dominion over your life, liberty, and property, you might as well be dead. As Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. God intended for us to have dominion over our life liberty and property and not a king, government, agency or the heathen about us. And I presume this next portion, Chuck, is for tomorrow? Yes, it is. Alright. Let me go quickly to the screen that I have here. Alright. I see no questions raised so you can stop the recording.